episode of our podcast it's uh, we call it anti-racist podcast shortened as ARP um, right now we're sitting here with five um, people we're all studying at KHM and are um, all not white and um, we're very happy that you're here um, and this podcast is here to share like all these experiences which are mostly so unseen and invisible in like the structure of the school and society and um, very glad you made it to listen to us and um, before I will continue to talk about the podcast um, all of us who are here today are going to introduce themselves so um, I go first I am uh, Vicky and I'm a student at KHM since two years by now and um, I was born and raised in Germany and um, my father is Chinese and um, yes these are the few sentences about myself mm. what about you Govoy? <laughs> <laughs> hello my name is Govoy. I am actually right now three years at KHM and um, I was mostly raised in Nairobi Kenya so I would say like a yeah, I'm here as an international student and yeah, trying to just get going with the studies. Yeah. And my name is Inu and I also study at the KHM since two years and I was born in South Korea. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> my name is Hani and I'm in um the second semester. Oh no no third semester. Actually, I feel like I'm in the second semester yeah, yeah, because yeah. of Corona. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. I was born and raised um, exclusively in South Korea and I um, came here to Kralin, Germany last year, summer. Yeah. Mm. And I'm Hemin. I'm also studying at KHM since one and a half year. This, uh, this year started uh, with Honey as well. And I'm mostly focusing on sound and um, text uh, at KTM. Um, yeah, figuring out what to do mm-hmm. during the weird situation. Yeah. Okay, so do you have a few more sentences about um, the structure of our podcast? Um, first, uh, we want to say that um, we are all speaking for ourselves and that in terms of representation, it's like... We don't claim to be the voice but like for every marginalized group at KHM and uh, so we see it more as some kind of like sharing like our own views and like our own experiences um, just for other people to have the possibility to like maybe feel um, seen and like their own experiences or like to sympathize or like to even see and um, yeah this just to be said and um, the whole structure of um, an art school like the KHM is like all about basically um, so much about individualizing like um, Mm -hmm. everybody's path in the whole way of their studies so what actually happens is that um, people are getting like more and more individualized and like a side effect 
of that is like mostly that um, in terms of that um, there, there's like also no like common not a proper like room or like event for like or like a space for like people to actually get together so um, like for especially for people who feel marginalized or discriminated it's like the structure of the KHM is making it very difficult to actually like get together and to like even see each other with like difficulties they face in any way and um, yeah so right now we are five and actually six people like um, well, greetings to Andreas who's not here today <laughs> but we uh, yeah we think about you and um, yes but we don't see ourselves as like the main and only authors of this whole format it's more about um, making a start point for a format which is supposed to be like very open so um, we um, see ourselves like quite fluid in the way of our structure so if you feel like participating and or um, uh, if you want to um, share like some of your own experience you can just write us an email or mm -hmm. like hit us we will in the end like share our email address as well and so you can just um, write us or record yourself and we will um, get in touch with you and uh, include you or you can come to meetings and stuff so that's that's always a possibility mm -hmm. um, yeah Maybe also to that to be said, right now we're sitting in the queue, which is a new project room, and um, I think we're all very thankful that we can be here. It's a queer feminist room here, right to the right next to the Rhine uh, in the Südstadt, and um, we're very glad to be here. And um, big thanks for that. So um, I think for today we will continue with um, a reading of Honey with an essay she wrote, and afterwards we'll talk about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, can you, um, Honey? Uh, thanks for preparing <laughs> your essay and show and sharing with us. Mm -hmm. um, can you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna start. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm Honey. <laughs> I want to start our podcast first episode by reading a piece I wrote. And I will mention a few things before I start. First, the reason I choose to read out loud is because my English is far from perfect. And I thought this format would be more adequate for getting across my thoughts and concerns. And second, if you have a hard time hearing or understanding what I'm saying, you can read the script in my blog. I will leave the link in our podcast Instagram page somewhere. Nice promotion. Well then, <laughs> <laughs> let's start. Thank you, honey. Yep. Last year, before my first semester at Kaim, I set foot in Germany for the first time during the summer 2019. Having been granted the time to reflect on my latest year, Thanks to the pandemic, I realized that my stay in Germany was way more arduous than I had previously thought. The several layers of this system that authorized my life and myself made me depressed. But at some point during this year, I had become much more active in relation to the system. I no longer saw myself as a disparate being that had to fit themselves into German society but rather, a having, rather becoming of a political subject. I want to share this process of change in our, in our podcast opening episode. It is more difficult to grasp the subtle discriminatory gazes on one faces in our everyday lives 
than the blatant power differences. The question was then, how could I intervene in the personal or collective concrete everyday practices that reproduce social power relations? First of all, one must understand the notion of hegemonic language in its metaphorical sense. By looking at how a hegemonic group lingifies the word, I see that the way their bodies comprehend the word is different from mine every day. Paradoxically enough, it is those excluded from the, the hegemonic language that are the most sensitive in understanding its operations and rules. People intuitively know what they don't have while they are less aware of what they already hold. I've lost count how many times I've tried to understand and sympathize with how a person could be unaware of the privileges that they hold by being part of the, the hegemony. In other words, I've tried to imagine what it was like in the shoes of the powerful. Even those that seemed friendly occasionally re revealed how oblivious they were of their own way of thinking. Social minorities, on the other hand, have to infer and understand the perspectives and thoughts of, of the powerful in order to persuade the powerful what they are thinking and feeling. Only then can they put their fingers on what the problem is. Secondly, as a social minority, not only do I face a barrier of having to explain my situation in the hegemony language of the powerful, but also I have to explain this in English or German, which are foreign languages for me. Feelings of fears and shame accompany, accompany this second barrier because racism and discrimination based on language usages, usage is mediated through this barrier. Language itself holds power differentials. If you think of the question, what forces people to feel shame? I would say that those feelings are not merely personal, but are derived from these power structures. We now face the difficulty of having to explain all this to people. For instance, a white German-speaking German man, not, not expected nor ever expected to have experienced these emotions, the complex emotions entangled in these microscopic experiences. In this sense, the experiences I had in Korea in using the language of feminism against men for so long was definitely a good basis, but inapplicable to the situation I faced here in Germany. And after continuously finding myself helpless in these situations, the need to secure my own safe space become, became a top priority. Thirdly, we have to add the complex reality of personal relations to this double bind. I find myself divided on whether to treat the people in front of me who simply reproduce these social power differentials as part of an antagonic group or as friends. Furthermore, I have to consider how to speak in a way that does not offend that person and the atmosphere we find ourselves in. Since the environments we were brought up in were so different, 
I had no idea how that person would think. I also had to take up the role of coordinating the different ethical sensibilities between the two of us. Ironically enough, there were um, lots of cases where only after I took care of the other practice ego did a tense conversation come to an end. This is enormous emotional labor. When a friend reduces my personal characteristics to that of Asians, when a friend's small act reveals the entirety of their racist way of thinking, when I sense a glimpse of Eurocentralism operating in their head, when a trivial word or deed connects with another word or deed and those sequences constitute a racist narrative. I become split between wanting to explain why that's wrong and just giving up altogether. It seems that I had assume, assumed that if I were to be able to speak German and English fluently, I would be able to deal with these situations and finally settle well in Germany. But if I look back on how some Korean men were incapable of understanding the points I made with feminism, despite sharing the language, this might have been fantasy. I did know that the reason this language barrier felt like a deficiency was because of racism and language discrimination. And also that this was a hardship I would have to keep on facing. But despite knowing all this, I lacked the confidence and composure to declare that this was a problem coming from a monolingual society, only acknowledging its hegemonic language. The ultimate flip side of assuming I could become perfectly fluent was anything short of that would be helpless. An individual's helplessness was the other side of the coin of imagining the structure to persist stubbornly. In a word, I was unable to find my position as a subject where I could intervene in the social structure. But by taking one step back on what language was, a crack appeared within my thinking. I think this became possible because during all the conversations on, on a daily basis, I repeatedly failed to say what I wanted to due to the language barrier. And when I stepped back and observed myself trying to deliver something, many questions became apparent. What did I want to convey to my interlocutor now? How did I want, to, want the other person to see me from what I was trying to convey? In what way did I want the other to see me that made me think I couldn't convey my real self? What kind of person did I think I am? The questions posed to myself changed. And it occurred to me that many, many of the things I wanted to convey might not really be related to me and who I am. I've come to realize that the way one represents themselves depends heavily on linguistic customs and context and what social values establish themselves in language. It seems I had been busy defending myself from the gazes 
that authorized me. For instance, I wanted to speak more, not because I thought, I thought of myself as a talkative person, but because I didn't want to be reduced to the stereotype of Asians being quiet and shy. It was a reaction from feelings stifled by being unable to express who I was. It was a rash rejection of the gaze attempting to lock me into the cliché and also self-flagellation for not being able to fit in. While being trapped into a stereotype and rejecting that stereotype for self, might seem quite different. They are in fact um, mirror images of each other in that they both relate to a fixed structure in an immediate and flat manner. This gesture came from thinking that I had a genuine essence somewhere. If I were to accept that actually there was no such a thing, I could flexibly react using various tactics, not just rejection, but also compromise and even acceptance. I would be able to navigate how to re react accordingly depending on that context. The stereotypes of Asian women could coincide with the elements constituting who I was, sometimes strongly, other times not so much. Who we think we are is an illusion, albeit a necessary one. If we think of ourselves as a having a genuine essence that is suppressed from being expressed properly, then we can only deride our, ourselves from being unable to do so. This is clearly not healthy. What I can do is to accept that the method of recognizing and representing myself is arbitrarily. And then, using the best of my knowledge, reflecting on why these misconceptions were also necessary. Instead of thinking with the strict dichotomy of a stubborn structures versus powerless individual, the cracks of that dichotomy produced from my reflections would open up the basis for me to think and become politicized, keeping myself from isolation. Changing the way one perceives themselves will not change everything at once, but there might be some changes that would be felt. To affirm the identity of ceaselessly resisting and questioning the place the world designated for me. To know that I have nothing to lose because I had nothing to lose in the first place and therefore work towards other beings. To continue publicly record how I perceive myself and aim for more change while acknowledging that that recognition is filled with fictitious conjectures. This is what I hope to do. There will continue to be difficulties, but is it too much to expect that after sharing continuous defeats, there will also be instances of clarity? I hope that ARP, anti-racism podcast becomes a space where the heterogeneous excluded people, those who are sensitive to how hegemony functions, come together and share their, their experiences and their knowledges. By inviting our listeners to a common platform where we can discuss collective politics, I end my recital. <laughs> <laughs> Oh
Reflection on the text, and no matter which background we came from, mm -hmm. it can be just resonated with everyone. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> mm. uh, if it's okay to directly go mm -hmm. to the question, mm -hmm. um, maybe I can start. Mm -hmm. That um, and. I'm really impressed uh, by this text because it's clearly analyzing the process of undergoing difficulty of self-reflection and while pointing out that there is hegemony in language mm -hmm. and recognizing that there is a social structure that is hardly can be changed. And this is actually most challenging uh, for people who has been marginalized. Um, and in in addition to the text you shared this time, I know that you've been writing some essays and text that reflect your experiences and also pointing out the hegemony of mostly Western Europeanism. So there may be thoughts that have gradually changed while mm -hmm. you living in mm -hmm. Germany and through the corona pandemic, but was there a specific momentum mm -hmm. or points that could be a turning point mm -hmm. in particular? Um, the text might seem like a narrative of like, dramatic changes, but <laughs> <laughs> um, actually it is hard to say there was a clear turning point. Because as you know, person doesn't change completely altogether at once. So I described the changes of my subjectivity but it doesn't mean that I became like completely different person. <laughs> but although the reason why I represented myself, my my current state, uh, by a, by a narrative um, chasing um, the changes, was because um, to make statement statement for myself. Mm. And the reason why I felt um, I felt the need to document and declare it was because um, it is easy to forget what I thought being busy living actual life. So I would say this text is a turning point, mm -hmm. hopefully, became become turning point. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. I also feel uh, it's not only for the who are li listening mm -hmm. to this text or mm -hmm. reading this text, but also you are self, kind of self-therapy mm -hmm. yeah. by yeah. writing your text. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think it's really great mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. And maybe we can broad this topic to the, um, and ask people how do you think about the text or specifically mm -hmm. this topic that if there is some, some momentum that you um, got realized in this year or since you living in Germany, Maybe you can point mm. out. Vicky, can you? <laughs> um, I was thinking more of the um, power of finding because because I, I'm very impressed with the text. Like I really am because I find it such a such a challenge. Like. Um, 
for myself as well to actually find a voice like and also find a voice in writing and talking because I feel like for a long process and this is also what you described right that mm -hmm. you don't get you don't you're not born into the world and you know all of the um, politic um, entanglements that your body has within you know within the society you live in right but that doesn't mean that you're not experiencing it so what what's actually happening is that you have all these experiences which you don't have a language for right mm -hmm. so if as so that's why I, I I'm so impressed with the text because I find it I find it so challenging to actually come to a voice to actually come to talking you know and it's a question of space this is a question of um, how's your environment and how much are you also able to get into contact with sources and stuff you know and like to have a surrounding which is supporting for that so um, I'm, I'm so glad to hear about your text because I feel like you're like it seems like you're on such a in such a good path in like finding your own voice and that you say it's empowering to you so that actually makes me so happy to hear about it because I think it's such a such a tough path like mm -hmm. for everybody and um, yeah like I feel like I'm I'm still like so unsure about how to speak or how to write like right now I'm writing this house arbeit also about like racist experiences and I find it so hard to even find a narrator for that you know because mm -hmm. it's just like yeah and also and also the thinking of because like you are busy for so long to actually suppress like all these experiences because you're kind of like brought up to the world that it's actually you need to keep it for yourself or like need to take care of it on your own you know but it actually makes you sick at some point you know to like yeah. um, suppress it all the time mm -hmm. so the moment from on where you realize that you actually want to you need to get it out of your system or you need to share it or like need to make a topic of it I, I feel mm -hmm. like I'm still confronted with this mechanism of suppression and like oh actually I'm I don't know if it even interests anybody you know this is actually what I'm thinking yeah. all the time I'm writing yeah, and writing and writing yes. I'm like does it even matter to anybody? Like I don't know. Like it's just my, you know. Does it even? Yeah. Does anybody ever care? It's like it's so I it's agree. so terrible to think about it like that. But it's just like this stupid mechanism that it's just like suppressing, like making me want to hide actually all the time with all these experiences, and it's just mm. fucked. So thanks so much for sharing <laughs> because I feel like it's very empowering for me as well. You know, yeah. to like hear it and to think about it. It's like oh, it's like it's so good that it's there. Yeah, I guess so yeah. much energy. Yeah. It just hits you, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. For me, for example, like I could just see the chronology of like you starting from your home place all the way here, and and seeing you now like going through that what we call the integration mm -hmm. process period, <laughs> and yeah. But for me, the most important thing, one of the biggest questions that I kept on that kept on coming uh, to my mind or to my head, or I kept on asking myself was. Why is it that people who are coming to Germany always have to be the ones who have to carry that burden, you know? That burden of the language, that burden of, you know, uh, you having to ask yourself so many questions about... Because it's like all of a sudden, like, your environment is, like, turned against you in so many ways. Not, it's just not about... It's just not about your race. The country where you're coming from is not about your uh, your your status. It's not about the language. Everything is just faced on you, and and uh, and it's just so hard for one person to carry, honestly. Mm -hmm. Because um, um, if you ask if you ask your professor, but how many more international languages can you speak? <laughs> so a German person comes to me and asks me to to 
and expect me to speak fluent Deutsch and he or she cannot even speak one extra language out of his own country yeah. and I'm just like do you even are you even in a position to ask me that like really yeah. so this is like the questions that I keep on asking myself and also with KHM like we do not have like pure stru uh, like structures that are we just have like an inlet of student like of international students and but, so many and so many yeah um, but we do not have like the structures that are, are put in place to specifically be able to enable them to to be able to move on to progress I can study Deutsch for example um, but that is not a vocabulary that I can go into a philosophy class on arts and be able to like speak one-on-one -on -one with my professor keep up with the vocabulary it's just something for me to borrow something there or is this like an exam thing that I wrote but that doesn't really mean like it's, it has like the tenets of the art stream or maybe the professional area that I'm, I'm interested in and so I have to carry this and every now and then I keep on evaluating myself and feeling like I'm more of a failure or but it's actually my environment environment is just soaked into like you know not seeing this part of me the struggle and trying to understand and it was interesting to hear that like the to hear like you read out about the male in your country who um like you struggle so much to make them understand you but mm -hmm. they would understand some tenants so like when you bring out this um uh, the feminism aspect and then come here where like you're trying to like really put yourself outside there to be understood but nobody um even let's brush the language a little bit just to have that a level of you know being and um, accepted in a way that mm -hmm. you can feel like, hey, I'm valued in a way. So mm -hmm. this for me is just like clearly not there. And, and, and this is clearly a person wanting to sabotage you based on the language. It's a way of, you know, to like cut you off. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something that for me is just totally unacceptable in a society, especially if we're going to talk about a space like this where like people are traveling from everywhere right now. Yeah. And, and it's just totally unacceptable to see it ha keep on happening. Mm. And from what you're, you were saying, boy, um, I think we can lead this uh, question to the next. Mm -hmm. um, it's about like the difference between the hegemony that um, the Koreans, where mm -hmm. you came from, and Koreans who, who are born and raised in Korea, see in the structure of Korea and mm -hmm. perceiving the hegemony in the Western world while exper experiencing a different culture as a person from outward, there's mm -hmm. a quite like difference between that. Mm -hmm. So could you maybe tell about the movements that are being discoursed, discoursed against hegemony in Korea and the resistance you experienced while you're studying in different schools? Mm -hmm. Mm, the biggest difference is, um, is uh, comparing to Korea, uh, when I was in Korea, I've, here I find myself as uh, in, in the um, inter intersection of race and gender. But uh, frankly, I've never been discriminated against as a Korean-speaking Korean in Korea. So <laughs> mm -hmm. it's not that... It's not that I, I never thought about uh, racism in Korea, but 
honestly, it wasn't an important issue for me when I was in Korea. The, the mm. racism is not really that, like, my personal um, important issue. But, um, so, um, speaking of Korea, the, recent, the recently emerging discourse was definitely feminism. Mm. And there are still a lot of, a lot of Bangladeshis, though. Yeah. And when I was in Korea, I saw myself as a feminist. And but here, uh, like like I said, I I'm in an intersection of gender and race now. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And also, I'm thinking about that. It's hardly can say uh, about because I also found out that the discourse uh, happening in Korea is pretty important for me. Mm -hmm. Since I came to Germany, there's a like same same topic but different structure. So uh, when whenever I speak out about the topic, it's really uh, should I say this or mm -hmm. not? It's um, quite challenging for me. And um, how? Why do you feel it's so challenging? Is it um, mm. was the because I'm confused between um, it's a misunderstanding of. Uh, culturalism, mm. or, or mm. I have a lack of knowledge, mm. or something. Yeah. Is I I I cannot really decide before I really go into this topic mm -hmm. in in certain in a certain country. That that was what I thinking. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, so I wonder um, the people who who came from different country or also born and raised in Germany, how how they feel about the the when they they deal with the certain discourse, mm -hmm. how they feel. Mm. Um, I I feel like for me here it's like I totally like I find it quite hard sometimes with like the feminist and also the queer feminist um, spaces that they kind of like because for me if you if you look at like power structures how they work um, um, looking at gender and um, you also I think I just I just don't understand how you can actually separate it from the power structures of race you know mm -hmm. and it's just I don't know I just feel sometimes so it's like um, I just wish it would be so much more included, you know, and like not separated as much in this thinking. I think it's like a lot of times like overseen that it's like so much like entangled so many mm -hmm. times that like people who are like not only, um, who are not only, um, who only, who don't only have to deal with like um, sexist discriminations also have to deal with like racist discriminations that it's like such, just such a different dimension of um, being marginalized and yeah. I think if, if that's all right, I think I wanted to add one more thing to this kind of language topic mm -hmm. um, and also at the KHM because I I, th I think it's a very important point that to, this to be said that the KHM is a school which sees and also presents itself as being quite international and mm -hmm. it's very open that people from everywhere can basically study there. But mm -hmm. um, it's just such a contradiction that actually the KHM is not taking responsibility for these people in the way that they invite them you know mm. it's like what are they supposed to do when they come there you know it's like whether they can study there but why is there no like 
proper responsibility to like actually try to like any structures, you know, like structures like um, empowerment groups, anything and like this, like language causes like even the option, you know, not the obligation, but like the option for it. And like, not that people who are already dealing with racism have to run after it to like finally get a, get into a course or something like that, you know, mm -hmm. it's just not possible. And also that like most of the letters that are sent around, like most of the, um, and stuff like announcement that they're always like most of the times in German you always have to ask extra for them to write it in English you know yeah, just yeah, so yeah. like makes you so desperate you know yeah. because like yeah. what the fuck like like how many like how many people of the like if you if you just send it in German like not like not everybody's going to understand it like who are you addressing even like yeah and the worst is also like when it comes to uh, because the language is just one tenet around KHM um, uh, that it's used so much to cut off other people mm -hmm. um, because for example like I there were times when I I wanted to like really work with the rental department mm -hmm. and I really was so much interested in cameras and I I had asked them two years earlier on to so that they could give me this the position and when the position came out they told me like um, because of your Deutsch situation mm -hmm. which, and it's an international space it's a, it's a, it, this is an international school and they I wasn't I wasn't given the position and it just died like that I even have the emails until today uh, yeah, they they told me that, and since then I've been fighting for the language to be because I hear also that um, uh, doing um, working with the uh, the student parliament, I realized that KHM actually used to have um, used to have an option where students could were able to like learn uh, Deutsch when international students they mm -hmm. had that option, but. Back in the day, there were not so many international students, mm -hmm. so because they still had to pay or incur money uh, that for their students to go to the uh, the Köln University mm -hmm. to to learn there mm -hmm. because that's where they were taking their studies, mm -hmm. uh, so they opted out out of this deal, and so since then they no longer they um, students who are. KHM can no longer access the services at the University of Cologne. But it used to be there, and right now it's like the most important time when we need it, and the school uh, is not thinking. Most of the international students cannot even think about joining the, uh, the, um, the student parliament because of also this barrier. If you go there, it's like everybody's like, hey, you have to speak in Deutsch, and it's not so, it's not inclusive. And all of these things go down to also like how you see um, people selecting their characters and um, in film, and how the professors also like let this go. Uh, there is an element of non-inclusion and the gender thing is overlooked and all these aspects are just coming out and so you look at yourself with your language or maybe with your race you just see how easily if these people are erased how easily your side of situation is so automatically completely like you do not have like a, a way to to sort of like see yourself being able to form a language be able to uh, become strong in a space like because ghosts of the cage um, yeah, yeah you're completely cancelled <laughs> haunted mm -hmm. by yeah, yeah. so <laughs> and that's for me it's just like really really uh, it's just completely unacceptable to just because uh because of 
you know this small aspect of me because I think I, I a person like a person like me I think I I need to have a voice and when you cancel that voice out out of me then I, I don't know what is remaining in that place mm -hmm. and it's it's the small things they cannot just translate even the computer, you go to the computer, and these are computers that are made with multi-language. I had to spend like months and months discussing with the, uh, with the technical system that uh, inst installs softwares. And it's just like the normal uh, uh, cloud um, 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 uh, softwares, Adobe Cloud softwares, which are made with multi multiple languages. I had to discuss for a very long time, over and over, until in the end they ended up putting like four or three, there were like two two computers mm -hmm. uh, in the computer room that were now, like they had like the language set in English. But <laughs> up to, like n nobody ever thought about that. Mm -hmm. I fought for so many systems there, but mm -hmm. it's just like so crazy that they, nobody is really, really thinking about um, we, who do we have? What are their stages? And how can we enable that their studies to be more harmonious based on how we are marketing <laughs> ourselves internationally? Because it's not a space for yeah. only German people. It's a space mm -hmm. for everybody. Yeah. yeah, I also remember the case like last semester, like there was a male on the megaphone. Mm, I reminded yeah, that too. That, that the, it seems like German guy saying that who the fuck is changing all the languages of the computer as a Chinese language, please stop doing this. And then <laughs> yeah. like the You base, go to the hell. Yeah, like, and exactly actually the, how, yeah, how he said the, the base thought behind it is that the default is the German. Yeah. Yeah. That was also somehow really good example to yeah. show how actually the KTM is not the true international. Yeah, and there was a kind of um, like I found it also funny that um, there's a reply so on megaphone, mm -hmm. and people are just writing down Chinese character yeah. like that. Uh, don't like it's a xenophobia. What what you're saying is xenophobia. Stop it in Chinese. So I just Google translated, <laughs> and finally the I don't know German guy whatever um, he just sent a megaphone message that thank you I found the button to change the language uh, setting and uh, <laughs> how can he be so confident? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what that? kind of self understanding you yeah. know to like not even reflect on what mm -hmm. the person is saying you know and just mm -hmm. claiming that yeah because it's just different for them. It's not even the thing they concern, yeah. because it's just different. They even yeah. don't think about their confidence or that. It's just the thing. Yeah. Nice preset, man. Yeah. Shout out to you for sending that email. <laughs> Thanks for the preset, man. Yeah. <laughs> the struggle, right? Mm. Mm. Sorry, I didn't want to um, drag away from the last question you were pointing, but it just no, came to my mind that no, it's just no, such no, a big topic such as well. Yeah, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, we are enjoying it, I think. <laughs> I mean, there's more to it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's really, and I find it so, you know, like, who who has the responsibility to find a solution for that? Like, who's in charge? Because I, actually, I really don't see, like, us doing, like, a task force to, like, finally be like, yeah, let's, like, let's make everything, like, at least, like, bilingual, you know? Like, I don't, I, like, who, who, who would be in charge to, like, have the capacity 
and like to invest money and time to actually solve this, you know? Because yeah. I think it's not it's not like the task for like people who are already struggling with it to actually like put like on top their time on like finding a solution for that. Mm. That's just so absurd, you know? It's it can't be like that. Yeah, they. Um, I, I think we have an international um, um, student desk uh, that is supposed to have the international students, and I think through them, uh, through this desk, they're supposed to be like some sort of like because also. I also see that um, we have like uh, the element of like uh, they they always push for this cultural thing, mm -hmm. you know, for this this is supposedly to be uh, an integration platform. Um, but I I feel like it's so independent and it's working by itself. It's not um, it's. You know, when we talk about international students, like nobody's even inside it. It's like mm -hmm. this very external, completely external thing that is supposed to govern the international mm -hmm. students. <coughs> and that's one of the biggest mistakes you can ever make because how do you start this conversation if none of those in, uh, none of those people are in, inside there? But it's not about even the international students. It's just about like, you know, um, people who have like different backgrounds it's more about the background itself mm. um where like backgrounds are supposed to be like sort of like uh be merged in a way that uh, people can find a cohesion you know and understanding and a respect and this kind of things and complete right now we are completely you know uh, away from that and whenever whenever i ask um, to change the language in the seminar yeah. I, I feel really burdened and then <laughs> And, and if the if you are the only one, yeah. only international uh, student in the seminar, yeah. and like it's hard, it's really hard to ask yeah, change whole uh, change the language uh, only for me. So how do you feel or how do you handle this situation? I think people really hesitate to say that. Yeah. We uh, also share the information on in uh, English as well. But I think there's a certain problem, mm -hmm. but people never say because they mm -hmm. are they feel actually marginalizing themselves mm -hmm. by reflecting the situation in the seminar because mm -hmm. no one really care about that uh, at some seminar. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, like there's also another case like this international like seminar like mixed, but there were someone who actually cannot speak English but only German. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in that case, like. For me, it felt like, oh, then I have to be just supposed to speak in German because, mm -hmm. like, that person cannot speak English. <coughs> mm -hmm. And also, somehow, I thought about the default here is Germany, yeah. is the mm -hmm. German mm -hmm. university. Mm -hmm. So I have to just struggle with the German. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is, that is the most weirdest thing, like, for me, that I've always come to that. Like I've always have to compromise my uh, my status yeah. because I'm thinking like I'm in Germany. I'm supposed to yeah. be speaking German, mm -hmm. you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. But I just feel like no. I think also Germans need to try a bit harder because everybody needs to try. I can understand if we're in a seminar where like uh, somebody do not understand, you know, completely do not understand English, and maybe he's German. And I always do have like this level of reasoning. It's just that sometimes um, I'm put in really hard situations, like uh, as an international student, where like a German person understands 
English a bit, but the, he or she still wants the seminar to be held in, 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 in German. So here it's just like one of those situations where like I do not understand and it just burdens me, mm -hmm. you know, um, and it has happened. And like you say, like um, I have, like you say, like the way you shared about like um, it's a class where like there's so many um, people and you're the only person who might be raising their hand up. Mm -hmm. So most of the time you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're forced to like, just because there's a, a big number of people, you're mm -hmm. faced with the challenge of like, not wanting to raise this arm up. Mm -hmm. but, um, but it's also up to the professors also to try to, because if And also students, to the other students, isn't it? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. that's so weird, isn't it? That like, all that you have to ask for yourselves, right? But like yeah. all of the students, like, at least like two of the other students that are sitting with you in the room, they know that you don't understand, you know? Yeah. Why are yeah. they not, like maybe, maybe this is like one thing to really ask like yeah. for, you know? Like if you know that there's a person who's not able to understand German properly, like ask for them to say, well, could we please speak in English? Because I know that there's at least like one person here not understanding German, you know? Yeah. That, that's like the kind of solidarity that we just need in these rooms, you know? Because you can't always force these people to like ask for themselves because it's it makes them feel fucking uncomfortable. The worst is actually to let this German person or friend or a colleague or student, uh, you know, to listen you know, like the seminar is happening in Deutsch and everything is in Deutsch. And then later on you try to ask them like, hey, uh, could you care to elaborate like few things just to highlight on mm -hmm. what really happened in the class because I could not understand everything. The same German students, they come to you and tell you like, actually I didn't understand anything. This has happened to me several times. <laughs> I let them like to listen to what the, the <laughs> professor was saying. I try to compromise my situation and then I ask them later. I swear, it has happened so many times okay. and I was getting like really mad because if I would have asked, at least I would have been able to like do the same, you know, like elaborate or explain to them later or even write it in, um, in Google Translate and be like, okay, this is the things that we talked and maybe with this Google Translate, you may yeah. be able to get what we were talking about. But yeah. the, it, it kills me. Like they just say, I did not understand. The vocabulary was too strong for me and I could not, I could not, I cannot break it down for you so what can you what are you gonna do well <laughs> this is one of those situations <laughs> so fucked up maybe 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 yeah um also, I think um, this can be just connected to the next question. So thanks, thanks. Yeah. I mean, for getting us yeah, out of yeah. this. So refreshing. Yeah. Now. <laughs> okay. Um, I think um, what you read today, there's a no subtitle, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have subtitle. Ah, I think um, along with the group that ah, is okay, printed. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I didn't read it, but. Ah, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, there was actually subtitle on mm -hmm. um, each paragraph, mm -hmm. uh, like from which uh, regardless, mm -hmm. and yeah, actually the 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 subtitle, one of the subtitle, uh, mm -hmm. living along with the group that discriminates mm -hmm. me or you, was quite impressive, mm -hmm. and 
so when it comes to comparing this to the sentence that it becomes important to find a safe space for you in situations where you feel helpless mm -hmm. um, against the discrimination. And so what criteria can you personally distinguish between this uh, space shared with the group that discriminates you and the safe space? Actually, I prepared the answer to this question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was wow, thinking so like in, in my yes. place. And, and I don't think it's possible to um, clearly distinguish between safe spaces and those are not. Mm. And But still, there still can be some criteria. <coughs> uh, a group or a space where individuals embrace the fact everyone can have blind spots, uh, feel free to raise issues and um, sincerely respond to um, these kind of issues mm. and are constantly striving to change themselves. And I think it's possible for there to um, exist a perfectly safe space, a, sp a space without any discrimination, like no, um, no hierarchies. But if every member thinks the process of proceeding towards uh, those ideal status, state, state mm -hmm. is important, then I would say it's a space, safe mm -hmm. space, mm -hmm. and a healthy space. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. What I what I what I just came up with was because we both were taking the uh, seminar mm -hmm. uh, run by uh, Lorey and mm -hmm. Catherine, mm -hmm. which is based on gender seminar, yeah, yeah. Uh, gender studies, <coughs> and about anti-racism mm -hmm. and language hegemony. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we can clearly define the space as a safe space because only yeah. because um, that <coughs> they are dealing with this kind of topic. But yeah. from, what we, from what we experienced and mm -hmm. shared about the idea from the seminar mm -hmm. was actually kind of also same, um, the, the bad feeling or marginalized feeling inside of the seminar, mm. which is um, um, like not really has seen, mm -hmm. but, but it seems like uh, we should just face the, this struggle. It's also mm. process of this seminar, but, but I think it's important to just share, share the feeling that, yeah, yeah from especially <coughs> this kind of seminar. Mm. If the seminar is about queer and feminism, things like that, it gets easier to um, speak out. And mm -mm. But if the seminar doesn't deal with that, this, uh, these kind of issues, um, it gets um, tougher to say um, uh, these issues. Mm. And because um, you might get targeted by tons of questions um, un unfair questions, you know, like um, um, sorry, uh, because, I, I because the you're from different different background, and actually uh, the text um, in this seminar mm -hmm. is dealing with kind of minority issue, mm -hmm. which includes us sometimes. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. What do you like, mean? Like I mean, targeted? I mean, I mean, I probably I I would I would be seen as a like um, oversensitive person about mm. certain issue, yeah. and yeah, things like that. 
Yeah. And so that if I if I, if, mm. I uh, if the seminars, um, the majority of majority of seminar um, constitute with um, like non international student, uh, I feel like I'm I'm not able to speak out something. Like. <laughs> mm -hmm. And and if I feel um, the one asking something to me uh, sets their foot mm -hmm. on on the uh, really totally different ground from me, like I don't know what to say, where to start. Mm. <laughs> I yeah. have no idea. Mm. Yeah. Like it, sometimes um, the question itself um, is really stupid and. Um, come, comes from um, unfair, unequal um, thinking way, way of thinking. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why. Oh, I'm it's saying. not well reflected. Yeah. Yeah. And also, when it's like, because I find it sometimes in seminars, it's like, it feels like when you speak about political issues um, and discrimination within topics, it seems like sometimes it's that it's a um, it's drawn as a question of uh, an opinion, mm -hmm. you know? So mm -hmm. when you speak out about something that has been discriminating, like mm -hmm. sometimes I already faced like situations where like mm -hmm. the other students or like professors seemed like it was a question of an opinion, but mm -hmm. actually it's not, you know? It's like, yeah. I feel like in terms of discrimination, racism and sexism, it's not, there's not an opinion to have. It's just like, it's either discriminating or not, you know? So I feel yeah. like many times it's this common ground which is missing that's actually, which actually makes it so hard in um, rooms where it's, where this is not reflected to actually speak up, you know? Because mm -hmm. you feel like, why should I put myself out there with my opinion when I don't even know, firstly, if I'd be understood, secondly, if people will attack me, attack me unfairly because of they don't know any better, you know? It's yeah. like, why should I deal with this? Yeah. <laughs> I don't give you anything of me, you know, because mm -hmm. it's just maybe it just means that it's going to hurt me, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, I can totally see that. But that's also why I'm so glad for, for example, this um, queer pedagogy seminar that mm -hmm. was also held like bilingual and stuff, because like this yeah. is like some kind of, mm -hmm. there was some um, kind of like possibility for like people mm -hmm. to come together and talk mm -hmm. about discrimination and stuff, you yeah. know. Yeah. Like, I German going in there. I was just like, wow. The first day that I was like that, I, I was like, mm, dead, gone. But the last semester, um, Cure Pedagogy Seminar worked with bilingual and uh -huh. it, it pretty worked well. Yeah, yeah. it worked yeah. really well. So, so think about that. There's no reason to um, go with um, the English and German mm. uh, in, in mm. two ways. Yeah, they already made pedagogical structure mm. uh, in the beginning of seminar, which mm. is we don't need to think about that. Mm. It's, which means safe space, yeah. <laughs> and, like or safe structure. Yeah. Rather. But some of your seminar really in <laughs> only in German, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I also heard that it's not been a long time that queer seminar is really arising or like became a one department of 
KTM or... Oh, this department is only there like since as long as Eno yeah. and I are studying here, mm -hmm. only since three years. Well, like, so I, I don't want to imagine like KTM before that, like honestly. Yeah, because at, at one point it just like, it popped up, like every uh, yeah. uh, seminar has to do with something around uh, Q. Uh, how do you say it in Deutsch, actually? Did you say cure? <laughs> oh, that's a nice for Sprecher. What? Queer <laughs> <laughs> <What? laughs> <Yeah>. cure. Cure. <laughs> cure. Yeah, actually, it's like a cure. <laughs> yeah, because but it's like, we can, we can take it if I like this. <laughs> because because uh, from there, Keisha, like, completely, like, uh, I saw, like, a big struggle between people were doing camera, um, like, uh, the, the theory side mm -hmm. and the practical side, there was this crazy massive shift at KHM mm -hmm. and people were like, what is going on? What is going mm -hmm. on? But it's, it, it, it created this thing that then later on, of course, came the ombudsman, you know, and the discrimination also, like, topics started popping up. And this is where, like, you could find out this element of, you know, uh, uh, voice counseling, um, counseling of the people started coming out because then people they formed this uh, desk where like you could talk about any form of discrimination. But mm -hmm. before that, we didn't have that. Before that, there was nothing really happening at KHM. It was just like it's the structure, it's the system, and that's how it is, and that's how you're gonna take it. Mm -hmm. Nobody's supposed to. Um, if you try to talk about it, you're compromising that. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think it's um, time to say goodbye to Kaboy, <laughs> unfortunately, because he has a different yeah. appointment. Yeah. But yeah, this was really dope. This is really dope. Thank and you, Kaboy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kaboy. So yeah, I, I think uh, for now this is it. But of course, we're going to be hanging out and doing more later. <laughs> but for yeah. now, I have to yes. excuse myself. See you later for the next episode. See you later. <laughs> Thank you. Ciao, ciao. So we are back on the recording. Yeah, without Kuvoy. Without Kuvoy. Yeah, we just said goodbye and had a little break. Mm -hmm. And um, we do now um, are going to the last part of this podcast session for today. So maybe to have some final, um, like not conclusion, but some final things also in addition to Honey's essay as we were talking to um, struggle in terms of language, in terms of speaking up, in terms of representation, KHM and stuff and um, in this break we just talked about how it may be sounding quite pessimistic mm -hmm. and during also because the situation is maybe quite pessimistic but also um, you know what were you saying that you were pointing out of Honey's essay you said that um, yeah, somehow I got impressed by the sentence from the from Hani's essay, and it was just very short. Some words mm. come together and share. Yeah. And I think maybe that's the thing that we can try to close to the conclusion somehow, mm. because like <laughs> struggling with all different kinds of discriminations actually like whenever I have that kind of ex experiences I just talked with my friends about like what should I've done mm. like what can I deal with it mm -hmm. but actually we all know that there's no the best way to deal with it mm -hmm. so maybe the thing that we can do is just come together and yeah. share mm. 
uh, to invite our listeners to this platform. Yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, our podcast is not just going to be only uh, with us. Yeah. We are actually also finding some other voices. I would love to say to the listeners, just come together and share what your experiences and just speak out your voices. Mm -hmm. We are really open. Thanks, mm -hmm. yeah. Um We're planning to release the second episode by January, mm -hmm. um, as far as I planned by now. And um, we're also thinking about hosting a guest, but um, we are not going to say who is it going to be yet. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> and... Um, Thanks so much for um, taking your time and um, share it with everybody you know who might be interested in it. And um, we hear us soon, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So see you in the next recording. Say goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> stay very healthy. Oh yeah, yeah stay, stay healthy, sane. please, yeah. and stay sane. Thanks yeah. for listening. Bye bye.